Welcome, everyone. In this episode, I will help you learn on how to stop yourself from the quick reflex of pleasing and appeasing. I'm here to give you some tips and strategies on how to manage those reflexes, the patterns of saying yes when you people please and appease. which will then end up with you feeling frustrated and overwhelmed because you said yes to so many things that now it is causing conflicts within your own personal life. Expect to have some insights and connections on how to begin learning, growing, and changing from people-pleasing and appeasing into making decisions that will empower you as an individual, creating a decrease of anxiety and depression. You will learn how to stay firm in your yes and your no decisions and become aware of some thoughts that is holding you back from saying no and expressing your own opinions. You will find new ways on learning on how to disagree that are healthy and not be upset. You can look forward into creating a life of new behaviors where you can express your opinions and say no without feeling like you are the bad person or you did something wrong. I am Anita Sandoval, a licensed professional counselor. Keep listening because you will also get a quick strategy in the beginning of this episode on what to say before talking to a loved one, on setting limits and boundaries. So stick around, because this episode is for you. Tired of feeling misunderstood, frustrated, and emotionally disconnected when communicating with other people? This is Conversations That Work with Anita Sandoval, where you can learn how to maintain healthy conversations with the people who matter most. A podcast where you can gain confidence and get tips for having challenging day-to-day conversations that make you feel understood, validated, and heard. Here is your host, a licensed professional counselor specializing in communication skills, strategies, and techniques, Anita Sandoval. Let's start the conversation. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing limit setting, awareness on your values, and the best part, the strategies to implement them to begin your journey of self-awareness and decreasing and managing the reflex of people-pleasing and appeasing as a stress response. I am going to give you two specific strategies to help you 
on your journey in managing the pleasing and appeasing to your own wants and needs and feel deserving and worthy of it. So let's begin. Story time. Picture a party event. I remember where I've had a loved one, a family member or a friend, where they are throwing an event, be it a birthday party, a baby shower, a quinceanera. And the first thing that comes up for me when they tell me about the event is, what can I do to help you? What can I volunteer in? When I know a loved one, someone I care about is throwing an event, I have this instinct to quickly help out and volunteer my services. Now, helping out isn't a bad thing. The issue is that I just automatically say yes to everything and even come up with ideas and further elaborate on other activities that can be done. And then I volunteer to do those other activities too. So you can imagine what happens in the end. What ends up happening is over time, it starts to conflict with other events that I have in my busy schedule. Because, of course, I did not take the time to look at my schedule before I said yes, before I even thought about volunteering or helping. So sometimes they weren't even asking. I was just the one who decided to go help out. What were the consequences? I would end up feeling guilty, ashamed for not being able to complete tasks either in my personal life or for the event, for the party. And then negative thoughts start creeping in, such as I'm not good enough because I did not try hard enough to complete the tasks that were left unfinished. Because after all, they had to have been finished in order for me to feel like I was enough or that I was helping out. And all of this was because I did not make the time to look at my schedule, how I needed to prioritize my own schedule of events, putting myself first before I spoke up, before I made the decision to people please and appease the people I love and care about. Can anyone relate to this story? I ended up feeling so overwhelmed due to overcommitment. And whenever I would feel frustrated and angry about the situation, and I would tell my husband, he would say, you're the one who did this to yourself because you can't say no because you're always willing to help out and you don't look at your schedule. The quick tip and strategy. Think of it as something you can tell a loved one 
before so that you can be able to say no. And feel free to change it around and move it around the words to make it yours. One of the things I have learned is that while I like doing things for you and I like making you happy, I tend to automatically say yes to everything without thinking about it. I want to get used to the idea of saying no. In the next couple of weeks or in the future, I am going to be sometimes saying no to you. That doesn't mean I don't love you or I don't care for you. I am just practicing on saying no so that I get to the point that when I say yes, it's a sincere yes and not just a knee-jerk reaction, an automatic yes. I am practicing on finding my own voice so that I can get clear on what is okay and what is not. Connect with Anita on Facebook, facebook.com slash conversations that work. This strategy again, is to tell someone you are most comfortable with. You want to tell them beforehand so that when they ask you for favors or something to do, you are able to say no, but you're also telling them, give me some time. Let me think about it. I have to see how this works out for me. This strategy is to help you practice dealing with pushback. Because one of the common characteristics for people pleasers and appeasers is that they're known as pushovers. So you need to practice dealing with pushback. Instead of saying yes, you can say something like, let me think about it. Maybe. Or... I need more time to reflect on it. Some other ways of practicing saying no would be something like, no, I won't be able to fit that into my schedule presently. I would love to join you, but I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with work right now. Thank you for thinking of me, but I'm unable to, and then mention what they asked. Unfortunately, I cannot help with that. Thank you for thinking of me, though. I appreciate it. I enjoyed helping you last time, but I am too busy or overwhelmed to assist you right now. And lastly, I have already committed to something else. I hope you understand. Now, the disadvantage of this strategy is that people who have experienced your ability to people please and appease, they are going to not be happy. They are going to be disappointed. 
So if you have in mind, well, they're going to get angry. Well, they're going to make a face. Well, yes, of course they are. Because who doesn't love a people pleaser? Who doesn't like it when somebody gives them what they want? You are going to make some people unhappy, especially those who are used to you people pleasing and appeasing to them. So that will take some time to change since you have set a precedent on those behaviors. So my recommendation is be consistent, be committed to make that change. They will know the difference over time. They might even say, you're not the same person anymore. Proudly say, no, I am not. I'm learning to love and respect myself. That doesn't mean I don't love and respect you. It means that I am learning to find my voice. Because remember, some of the behaviors for people pleasers and appeasers is that they are known to be pushovers. They express resentment and anger and feel unappreciated, taken advantage of. They let people down due to overpromising. They feel the constant need to be liked or approved. They cannot keep up with the things they are doing. And then they do everything and are always exhausted. Conversations at Work with Anita Sandoval. Making challenging conversations easy. So in this episode... I will be giving you a second strategy on how to unlearn these patterns of pleasing and appeasing. But first, you need to know the steps. So the first step is awareness. And this is with any subject. Anything you want to learn, you have to first be aware. Be aware of your own behaviors. So number one, awareness that you are a good person, even if you don't please and appease other people. That is fundamental. Know that you being a good person doesn't mean what you do to other people. You are a good person regardless. And number two, this one is a little tricky, but I'm going to try to say it as best as I can. You must experience the experience of what you want to become and be. The experience of the situations of who you want to be going into that situation and doing that new behavior that you need to do is the only way you will grow and change. Think about it. The example of insanity is doing the same thing 
over and over again, expecting different results. So the process of learning is movement from state to trait. What does that mean? It's going from doing to becoming. You need to become that new change in order to learn how that feels to be that person you want to be. And that means going into that gravitational force field that that's how it feels to me in doing something different. It's like you're pushing against this energy where you don't want to, but you do, you do have to and pushing against that and doing it anyways, doing that new behavior and then learning from that is how you start making a change in the process of learning within the mind. So let me mention the steps on the process of learning new behaviors that will replace the pleasing and appeasing. Okay, so when you start doing the new behaviors, such as saying no, such as putting yourself first, doing an activity that you want to do. And when you actually do it, number one, stay, pause, stay in that moment of that new behavior you just did, that new experience that creates that the positive results, maybe not the feeling just yet, but the positive results where you put yourself first and did that new thing. Take it in and breathe that moment in where you finally set those boundaries, where you didn't please and appease. When you said, thank you for asking me this, but I can't right now because I'm very busy. And when you walk away and you're alone, write it down on a journal how it felt to say, wow, I put myself first. It feels empowering. Wow, I, I, I can't believe I just did that. Take that moment in. Feel the sensations in your body with the new experience and the positive results. Why positive sensations? In the body? Because the body doesn't speak the mind. The body speaks with the five senses. Touch, taste, sight, sound, smell. How was it where you were at? Was it hot? Was it cold? Were you chewing gum? Was it a minty taste? What did you see around you? Was it sunny? Was it dark? What sounds did you hear? What smells were there? Was there any candles on? Take in the environmental sensations. How it felt in your body. Did you get goosebumps? Did you get a butterfly sensation? You need to really take those body sensations in together with the experience. And number three, 
focus on the rewards of the new experience. Write it down or say it out loud or talk to someone you can trust about it. The more you relive the positive experience of what you did, meaning putting yourself first, amazing. It's like studying for a test and using note cards. You write down the main things from that specific subject. You put it on the wall and you go back to it and you, you go back to it and you think about it. You say it out loud until it goes into your long-term memory. That's exactly what you need to do for it to stay in the long-term memory. So why am I telling you this? Because let me share with you something I learned. There is something called a brain bias. This has been since the Stone Age. I know, so many things that we still have. The fight, the flight, the freeze, the people please and appease in the nervous system. Now we have the brain bias. And this is in reference to positive versus negative experiences. What would happen back in the Stone Age, the mind would remember the negative experiences like Velcro. It would stick to your mind because it wanted to protect you from dangers. It wanted to remind you, hey, don't go there. Something bad could happen. But then the positive experiences would just float away like oil and water. It was just so slick, like Teflon. The bad experiences would stick easier than good ones. It would scan, over-focus, over-react, over-remember. The bad news, it evolves over time to your body to create the tolerance and physically get sensitized in the nervous system with stress hormones and cortisol. So the benefits of the steps I just mentioned is to help those positive experiences sink in. Sign up for up-to-date information and resources at conversationsatwork.org. I'm going back to the example I used in the beginning of this episode where a friend or a loved one was having the party or event and I quickly automatically wanted to offer my services. Let's imagine they asked me for help in doing the centerpieces. Los centro de mesas. Love those. And... I wanted to help out, but I have so many commitments. Maybe my own birthday party. Maybe I have work. I have other obligations. I would have already told my friend or loved one, and they would know that I am a person that automatically says yes without thinking. And I have already told them that sometimes I will say no, or that sometimes I will stop and think about it before I automatically say yes. So they know this beforehand. And when they ask me for that favor, and 
I tell them, you know what? Let me look at my schedule first. I have to see what I have and I will get back to you. And if unfortunately, by chance, I am committed to something else or I cannot help them, I would feel much more comfortable and tell them, I would love to help you with the centerpieces. But unfortunately, I'm very overwhelmed with A, B, and C. And whatever their response, once we're finished with that experience, I will take a moment and reflect on that experience, how I didn't automatically say yes, how I put a pause, how how I put myself first, how I became aware that even though I couldn't help that person, I am still a good person. And then I will soak in that memory, maybe even write it on my own index card and put it on the wall. Because I do want to remember those moments that I put myself first. And know and realize that my friends and loved ones know and will respect that I put myself first. And if they don't, because I know that's the common issue, what if they're not happy? What if they get sad or mad? One thing I always tell myself, whose emotions and whose thoughts am I responsible for? And the answer will always be for me, myself. Whoever the other person is, especially if they are adults, they are responsible for their own emotions and their own thoughts. I am not here to make them feel happy, but I will be here to help support them in a way where they can make themselves happier. So at the end of this episode, I will be giving you a cheat sheet on these strategies on how to let those positive experiences sink into your mind. How to be able to take in those positive experiences and learn from them, grow from them, so that you could be able to do them over and over again and feel confident. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for listening to Conversations at Work with Anita Sandoval. Know someone who needs help in having healthy conversations? Share this episode and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Until our next conversation.